should cry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we should thank God for saving us. Because God is so, so, so good. And he looked beyond our faults, y'all. And he saw our needs. That's just how good he is. Because all of us still have things that we're dealing with. But it does not change his love. Amen. Amen. His love is so unconditional. That is not about what we do, when we did it, or how we done it. God still loves us. And he proved his love by giving us his only begotten son. And I don't think nobody in this place would give up their children for anybody else. I don't think no one would sacrifice their only son for salvation for the whole world. Amen. But he did it for us. And that's what love is. And when we begin to dwell on his love, there's nothing that we go through or nothing that we're going to go through would separate us from the love of God. Nothing separates us from the love of God. So this is why we have to know his love because in these times with storms, with everything that's coming at us, when you know his love, you can be at peace because you know that the father loves you so much that he is your protector. He's Jehovah Nisi. He is your banner. He's Jehovah Rapha. He is your healer. He's Jehovah Shalom. He is your peace. He is Jehovah Shema. He's always there for you. God is a good shepherd. He, he supplies everything that we need, even before we need it. That's what Jehovah Jireh does. He sees far off. He sees far above the need that you need today. He covered all your needs from here on out. That's just how good God is. So the more you get into his word, you get into who he is. You get into what he's done for you. So when things pop up in your life, the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance everything that God has said to you through his word. The word is so important, y'all. The word will quicken you. The word will give you life. And the enemy does not want us in this word because he knows that when we speak the word, there's a change in the atmosphere. Change come through the word of God. So God has given us his word, not for his word to lay dormant, but for his word to be spoken. That's how the worlds were created by the spoken word of God. So if you're waiting on God to do something, I'm here to tell you God has given you the authority. He has given you the power to speak forth what he has already done. Get into the good book, as my grandmother would say. When you get into this good book, which is the word of God, and you acknowledge and you come to know what he has done, you can't do nothing but speak it, but decree and declare And as you decree and declare, we should know it's done. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you. We praise you on today, God. We thank you for life and life more abundantly. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for everything that you have done for us, God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. So I plead the blood over us right now in the name of Jesus. God, I'm not pleading the blood to get anything. I'm pleading the blood because I know what the blood has already done in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I welcome you in this place. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe God has a treat for you today. Let's see if you're ready for what God has today. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. And I will begin at verse 13 and I will end at verse 18. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 13. We thank God for the reading of his word because it is his word. So we want to acknowledge the word while the word is being read. The word of God read. But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that she sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that which we are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm going to say that last verse. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I want to ask you today, are you raptured ready? Are you raptured ready? God had impressed this on my heart. And as I began to go back and study the rapture, the the tribulation and all of that, People today don't have an expectancy for his return. People today are living just like he's not going to return. In this book, in in the book of Thessalonians, Paul is encouraging them. The reason why he's encouraging them is because when Paul began to preach the gospel, the good news unto them, he began to preach Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. By him preaching this unto them, Paul began to be attacked by the Jews. So Paul left, and as Paul left and went somewhere else, those same Jews that did not want to accept the gospel, they came where Paul was, and they began to stir up people wherever Paul was. But some of those Thessalonians, they did believe the um, scripture. They believed in what Paul was speaking concerning the death, the burial, and the resurrection. By them believing this, they were being persecuted. They were going through some suffering. They were going through some things. When you go back and read the first chapter of the book of Thessalonians, Paul is beginning to um, encourage them, and he's beginning to tell them that people that was around them, they were talking about their faith. They were talking about, you know, their faith and how they're holding on and how they're waiting on the coming of the Lord. Paul did not even have to mention those people to other people, they were being mentioned even when Paul and them were showing up. I want to ask you something. Is people talking about the life that you're living here on earth without you even being around? See, we're supposed to be lights that shine for the whole world to see. That light's supposed to be like a city that people can see from afar. And people are coming to that light because of the life that you're living concerning Jesus Christ. Paul was saying, I didn't even have to mention you. They were talking about you unto me. So Paul was encouraging them to hold on to the faith that they have. He said they were talking about how they left these idols alone, how they uh, um, abstained from all of these things that they abstained from. These people knew what they were doing to live a life from Christ. I believe how they saw these things because when they used to fornicate, they were fornicating no more. Gods that they used to serve, they were serving them no more. So people were seeing the life that they were living for Christ. And being that they were living this life for Christ, they were being persecuted. They were suffering many things, but they didn't let go of what they believe. And I'm going to ask you today, what are you letting go of, of what you believe because of other people? We say we know him. We say we believe in him. But when we get around certain people, we change what we say and what we believe because we still want to hang with the crowd. But Paul began to encourage them. They had an expectancy of the Lord's return. See, this is the problem with the church. And I'm going to clear up this today. The problem with the church, you believe in one thing, but the Bible is saying another. The Bible is saying that he's going to come like a thief in the night. The Bible is saying the angels don't know it's coming. Nobody knows when the son is coming back to rap to his church. Nobody knows but the father. So that means I cannot sit up here and tell you Jesus coming today. No minister can tell you that because nobody knows but the father. This is why your bag's supposed to be packed. Every day you're supposed to have an expectancy of his return. He can come today. Are you ready for his return? See, we're waiting on certain things to happen, but this is the truth with the rapture. You don't know the day nor the hour. It can be at any time. This is why your hearts have to be right. 
This is why your heart has to be prepared before the Lord. The Bible said everybody that say, Lord, Lord, they don't know him. Everybody that's prophesied in his name, they don't know him. And he's going to say, I know you not, you workers of iniquity. So we got to quit playing church and we got to know that the time is now. Every day you should be waiting for his return. Every day your bag should be packed and say, Lord, if you come today, Lord, I am ready for your return. I have an expectancy. This is why these Thessalonians here had a hope. They had an expectancy. So through them going through this persecution, through them going through these trials, they know that Jesus could return at any time. And all of this would be over and done with. I'm going to ask you again, are you raptured ready? You can say that you love the Lord, but he said, when you love me, you would do what I say. You will keep my commands. It ain't no one day I'm going to quit doing this and the next day I'm going to do it. We got so many Christians saying, oh, how I love Jesus, but you're still doing what the world is doing. Now I'm going to have to go there again because God is bringing this for a reason. Do you know that the storm that just came, Michael, took lives in that storm? People were preparing, trying to save their homes trying to say things just like we were, but were their hearts right for the coming of the Lord? That means in all the disasters, if we're right and something happened to us, we're ready for his return. Because soon as they put us six feet under, I'm here to tell you, That corruption is going to put on incorruption. That means that body that's going to die, that's decaying, is going to put on a body that's going to live forever. Mortal is going to put on immortality. That means you're going to live forever. Are you ready for the rapture? Are you ready that if anything happened in your life today, you know where your home is? You have a surety. Quit telling people, it's okay. God loves you. He know everything that you're doing and how you're doing it. But if you love him, you love him because he first loved you. So if you know he first loved you, whatever you used to do, you ain't going to do it no more because you turned from that and you turned to God. Let me break it down. Go back in the beginning. Y'all see that we're in paradise. They were living a life. There was no sickness. There was no pain. There was no death. They could live forever. But Satan, y'all know him as Satan. You know him as Beelzebub. He got many names, the prince of the power of the air. He was in that garden. And one thing that he is sure of, he already know he's going to hell. That he already know his destiny. But his thing is, I don't want to go by myself. So I want to take a few people with me. I want them to believe that they're saved when they really have not changed. Their heart have not changed. I want them to keep calling on the Lord, thinking that they're okay and living the same life that they have always lived. So in that garden, y'all know what happened. Sin came into the world. It affected everybody. But God had a plan of redemption. Why did God have this plan of redemption? Because God don't want us to be here for the wrath to come. The wrath to come for those that are not going to get caught up, that wrath to come is seven years of tribulation like you have never seen before. See, we take this lightly, but this is nothing to be played with. Just like he said that Jesus, he's going to be waiting in the air. The trumpet is going to sound. Those that are going to hear the trumpet are the believers. Those that hear the trumpets are the ones that accepted Jesus with their whole heart, not just made a confession with their mouth, but their heart was far from the confession. You're going to know the ones that have accepted Jesus, just like we're sitting here now. Everybody that's left behind in the clothes is on the floor where you sitting are the ones that were caught up. And you saying, I've been saved all my life. I've been going to church. I've been helping people. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. Your works don't get you into heaven. I don't care how good you are. We have some good sinners that look like they're better than the saints that come to church more than the saints, but yet they have not accepted Jesus. When you accept Jesus with your whole heart, what you used to do, you ain't going to want to do it no more. 
where you used to go. You ain't going to want to go no more. You're going to have a respect for God. You're going to have a respect for his word. You're going to turn from all ungodliness and you're going to turn to righteousness. That means you cannot even be around mess no more. You can't even stand to be in the sight of people that's doing opposite of what the word says. How can a Christian be in a club drinking and cursing and doing what the club people are doing and saying, I'm saved? No, 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 no. The Bible says that Enoch, he walked with God. That means he had a relationship with God. And God took him and he was no more. That was the rapture. When you get to Elijah, Elijah was caught up. They saw Elijah no more. His mantle fell. And Elijah took his mantle and carried on the prophet's office. But they were caught up. Nobody's seeing them anymore. That's what the rapture is. The ones that you sit beside, you may be caught up. They may be not. The Bible says it's going to be two in the field. One taken, one left. Two women grinding, one taken, one left. That's the rapture. Don't think that you know him. Don't think that you know him. Know that you know him. Because when you know that you know him, you don't do what you do no more. It's time out for playing church, y'all. Because when you really know him, when you talk about somebody, you feel this burden on you that you know just ain't right. You got to go back and, come on, when you know him, you don't do what you used to do no more. Because you know him. There's a change, y'all, that have taken place. Because you know him. And everything that you were doing. Now, I want people to understand this. If God done away with sin, sin has been done away with. It's not sin that's going to keep you out of heaven. It's you rejecting Jesus is what's going to keep you out of heaven. Because Jesus done away with sin. He paid the price. He paid the full penalty for sin. Because the wages of sin, the Bible say, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There is no way unto the Father except through him. You cannot go to heaven on your own. You got to go through Jesus. Jesus is the one that makes you righteous. Jesus is the one that makes you acceptable because God is looking at his son and not looking at you. Jesus did not shed all his blood on the cross for us to live any kind of way. This is why when you know him, and you develop a relationship with him. And you think about what he done for you. Even though you may have an addiction to something. When you think about how he died on the cross for that addiction. How he died on the cross for that lust. How he died on the cross for murder. How he died on the cross for depression, oppression. Whatever sin it was, he died for it. He died for it. He said, I'm going to pay the price for this sin. He said, because if I don't pay the price of your redemption, you're going to die in your sin. And you know where you're going? You're going to hell. But because of Jesus, he gave you a choice. He gave you two roads that you can take. You can take the narrow road, which leads to everlasting life. Or you can take the wide road. There's a lot of people on the wide road. How do I know? Because when I go on I-40, I want my road just as wide as it can be. So I won't get hit by nobody. But we take the wide road because it's an easy road. It seems like it's an easy road. But when you get on this narrow road, y'all, you're going to have some situations. You're going to have some persecution. You're going to lose family. You're going to lose friends. You might even lose your job based on what kind of job you have. Why? Because you're serving him. And the enemy don't want you to serve him. He wants you to serve sin. But he paid the price for sin. If he paid the price for sin, why are we going to continually live in it? We don't live in something he paid the price for. I want to say that again. Why are we living in something that's already been paid for? If he's paid the price for sin, we don't have to be subject. We don't have to succumb ourselves 
to what he paid the price for. Do you know, people pull out the grace card so much. His grace saved me. His grace did all this for me. His grace gave me everything. But if you know what grace done, why are you still doing what Jesus redeemed you for? What he paid the price. See, this is how I know some Christians are not in the word. Because the more I get in the word, the Holy Spirit bring back to me if I got to apologize. The Holy Spirit bring back to me if I even told a little fib and didn't mean to tell that fib. He bringing me correction because I, I'm in the word of God. The word of God corrects you. The word of God gives you what you need to live a righteous life. The Bible said man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God is bringing this message into church today because he wants people to be raptured ready. You can't just say I'm saved. Your life got to reflect what you're saying. When we look back, go with me to Matthew, the 24th chapter. Now, the rapture, we do not know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man is coming. The only one that know that is God. You can go look at that. In 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verse 2 said, For yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now go with me to Matthew, the 24th chapter. In Matthew, the 24th chapter, I want to look at what I was just telling you. We want to back it up in the word of God. When we look at the tribulation, I'm going to tell you where it starts. And where it ends. But I want to say this. This is what people are going to be doing. And still doing it today. Because they have not prepared their self. For the rapture. He say in the day of Noah. This is how it's going to be in this day. When the son of man come. People are going to be eating. They're going to be drinking. They're going to be giving in marriage. They're going to be thinking that they're living a life. That's acceptable unto God. See, the problem is, y'all, we done got so adapted to this world. We done got so accustomed to what the world does. We Christians think that's what we supposed to do. I'm going to give you an example. My cousin got married. Now I got to get married. My friend have multiple partners, so I need multiple partners. Say, folks. We're trying to do what the world is doing. We are in the world, Christians, but we're not of the world. And we don't do what the world does. So just like Noah, when God gave him instructions to build the ark, don't take this word lightly and think that this word is not for you today. Noah built the ark the way God told him to build the ark. He told him who need to go into that ark. Noah began to preach righteousness unto these people. As he preached righteousness, they were still eating, drinking, giving away in marriage like Noah's done gone crazy. He done lost his mind. There's no rain that's coming upon this earth. So they didn't listen to Noah. So the day that the Lord came to bring rain on the earth, to destroy the earth, guess what? They missed it. The reason why they missed it because they did not want to accept what Noah was preaching, what he was proclaiming. That's how it's going to be in this day. If you look around, you have many people coming into fellowship. Christians, I've been to church. I've been to Bible study. But your life don't reflect where you've been. Because wherever you've been, you come into these places for change. I ain't seen nobody go to a doctor that wasn't expecting change. I ain't seen nobody waiting in the waiting room. Even in your mind, you're expecting a good report even before the doctor say anything. So when you come out of there, you expect change. Even giving me medication, tell me something. You expecting change. And you're supposed to do what they tell you to do upon coming out of the office. If they're telling you don't eat this, don't drink this, you need to take this three times a day, you coming out with an expectancy based upon what they're saying. Your next visit, they're going to ask you, did you take the pills correctly? Are you eating the way that you should eat? You're going to live up to that. But some of us are just downright stubborn. The only way we live up to it is when they say you're going to die. Now we're ready to quit eating. Now we're ready to do 
what the doctor's telling us to do. Come on, we got some witnesses up in here. But then we, we thinking, I got time to get it right. I got time to come off of these things I shouldn't be eating. I got time. I'll exercise tomorrow. Maybe I'll not do this or eat this the next day, but that looked mighty good. I'm going to eat it today. Maybe I'll cut back on it Monday, but the rest of the week I'm going to eat it. Whatever your body is subject to, that's what your body requires. Whatever you give your body for so long, that's what your body is going to cry out for. But when the Lord said don't, he mean don't. When he say he done away with sin, he's saying don't go back into it. Why? Because he know what sin brings. Sin brings death, y'all. I don't care how much you know the Lord. If you do something opposite of his word, you're going to go through what you were told not to do. So this is why God is bringing this message today. He want to make sure everybody in this place is raptured ready. I saw this movie. And in this movie, they were talking about the rapture. It was several weeks ago. And as I saw it, it was so hilarious, y'all, because the wife was telling the husband, come on and go to church with me. You told me you was going to church with me. He said, I did go to church with you. I went to church with you last Sunday. I ain't going this Sunday. I don't have to go to church every Sunday. She said, but you need to be in, in, in church so you can hear what the preacher is saying. He's talking about the rapture. Baby, I just don't have time to go. And she said, you need to be in church. He said, look how I'm working. You got minks. You got cars. You got everything that you need. You're living the life that you should be living. Why you keep messing with me? So she went to church. That day, it was another person. It was a woman that had a son, and the son got a girl pregnant. And somebody was calling her on the phone, telling her about he got this girl pregnant. Now, she's smoking a cigarette, and she said, I'm saved. I go to church. You messing, you messing with my salvation. I'm paraphrasing what she was saying. She walking around there with a cigarette talking about Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the son come in the room and she's telling the son, how can you do this? How can you get that girl pregnant? I'm living a righteous life before you. Well, I go out one, two, three. Anyway, and I don't smoke one, two. Anyway, it ain't about me. So this woman, so this, this guy, he was really not ready to take care of this mistake. Then you got another guy that wanted to go to church because he wanted to court somebody in the church. So he wanted to pick her up. He wanted to take her to church. You had all these different people that thought they were living the right life. The day, then you had a pastor that was getting his hair cut. Girl come in the barber shop. He's going to meet the girl in a certain place. And everybody looking at the girl, deacons and everything, and saying, hallelujah. So the day that they go to church to fellowship, this pastor, another pastor, and another pastor on the pulpit, everybody was in the church. But guess what? Jesus came. And the man looked down and all the clothes were sitting on the floor. Now, the man that told his wife that they had everything, he was at home wiping off his nice car. And all of a sudden, the man said, did you see what had happened? Y'all, this is for real. People were running into people with cars. Why? The believers were taken. There were accidents. If you're on an airplane and a believer is flying that plane, guess what? It's going to crash. Whatever you own and a believer is driving it, it will crash. You will die. Because guess what? The believers are going to be raptured up. This is just how important it is. Whatever they're doing at the time, babies, they're going to be taken because they are innocent. Newborn babies, children are going to be raptured up. So this man ran in the house and he saw the news and everything that was happening. He didn't know what was going on, him nor this other man. He went to the church, wife clothes laying on the floor. Do you know what this man, the preacher was left behind, all of them hollering and screaming. The woman that was in there smoking, she come in there hollering and saying, God did not tell you I was coming to church today. Why did you leave me behind? The man told the pastor, I give too much money in this church to be left here. Here, here. He was still trying to give money. The pastor said, your money cannot save you. They all crying out for Jesus. None of them could be saved. They had to go through the wrath to come. 
We take this to play with y'all. Everybody want to preach. Everybody want to teach. Everybody want a title. But you don't want to live the right way. You want to tell people how to live. You get behind your door. You're cussing. You're smoking. You're prostitute. You're doing all this nasty. But yet you say, I love Jesus. When you love Jesus, nasty is thrown out of your house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you don't let anything come in your house. But what do we do? I'm I'm not going to hell. Everybody's going to find out who made it and who didn't. Because when you truly confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that he died and he was buried and he rose... Guess what, y'all? You're going to be raptured up because you believe it with your whole heart. It's time out, y'all, for faking it to make it. We got so many people in the church that are hypocrites, play actors. Some of us don't even know to play actors because we play acting ourselves. But when you stand before people, you know when they're cutting the food. You know when they want attention. You know when they want to be seen and when they want to be heard. But the good thing is, the loved ones that was laid to rest, the ones that your heart is still crying out for because you miss them, when you know that it's going to come a time when Jesus is going to come take you back with them, the dead in Christ is going to raise, going to be risen first. That means your loved ones, the ones that died in Christ. See, this is the hope. This is the expectancy. That Paul was telling them to have in the church. He said the dead. Your loved ones. They're going to rise. And you're going to meet them in there. There's going to be a family reunion. Your body that you're going to get. Is going to be a body that will not die. Will not die. That's going to live forever. That means that when all of us go up there to heaven. We're going to be sitting in heaven for seven years. And the time that we're sitting in heaven for seven years, we're going to go before the judgment seat. That judgment seat that judges Jesus. All of us are going to be judged by what we did here on earth, whether good or bad. Sin ain't going to be in that. But that judgment seat is there to determine what crown that you get. See, that's how you're going to be judged. You're going to be giving out crowns at that time. You're going to sit around the table with the lamb. The lamb of life, which is Jesus. You're going to eat with him. You're going to have such a joyous time. You're going to be singing with them. For seven years, you're going to be secure. You're going to be at peace. No more sickness. No more sorrow. You're going to be there with the king of kings. You're going to be there with the Lord of lords. I'm telling you, he don't want you to be here. On the day of wrath, y'all, because God is going to pour out his fury upon those that are left behind. But guess what? Those that are left behind, God's still going to give you a chance. And that chance that he's going to give you at that time, he's going to have two witnesses. And the day of that tribulation, that's Revelation, the seventh chapter, and you can read Revelation, the 14th chapter. He's going to have two witnesses that's going to stand for three and a half years, and they're going to preach the gospel. And after they get through those three and a half years, he's going to allow the Antichrist to kill them. When the Antichrist killed them and their body is laying there for three and a half days, the unbelievers are going to be rejoicing, saying they're dead. But the time that they're ministering the gospel, they won't be able to touch them. Because God said, I allow fire to come out of their mouth. They cannot touch them while they're ministering the gospel. But the end of those three and a half years, that he's going to allow the Antichrist to kill them. They're going to lay there dead for three and a half days. But at the end of the three and a half days, God is going to raise them up and he's going to take them back to heaven. And as he do that, it's going to be some wrath that's going to be poured out. But then he still ain't left them by themselves. It's going to be 144,000 witnesses which is going to be Jews from every tribe 12,000 from each tribe they're going to be like evangelists they're going to have a mark 
on them. And God is telling the angel, he said, when you see the mark on the 144, don't touch them because they're going to be proclaiming the good news. Then he gave up yet. He's going to send an angel and the angel is going to preach. Y'all, I'm telling you, these people that accept him during the tribulation, you got seven years. Three and a half years. When that's gone, you're going to have three and a half years more of more wrath that you never seen before. At this time, the ones that have truly heard the message, and this is why when the gospel is being preached, they're going to put it on the airwaves so everybody will have a chance to hear it. During that time, some people that hear the gospel, they're going to hear it by what was left behind with their friends. They're going to pick up Bibles. This is why in your Bible, write a plan of salvation. Because when you leave that Bible, they got to know what to do in order to be saved. Even in the tribulation, they can pick up notes. They can pick up different things that was left behind to help them to get saved. But guess what's going to happen? When those witnesses die, and they're raised up and they see this. See, they're rejoicing, so they're putting that all over the air. They're putting the witnesses to be dead. But when they rise up, it's giving the people hope that have accepted Jesus. And the moment they confess Christ, they are martyred. But guess what? They know where they're going. They know where they're going. That's why when you read in Revelation, where you have the ones that have been martyred crying out, when is this going to end? Because they are already saved. Because they did not take the mark of the beast. During the tribulation, if you don't take the mark, which is 666, they will kill you. And if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will burn in hell. And when you burn in hell, they say even the maggots don't die. When you in hell, the Bible tells you that Abraham, Lazarus was in his bosom. The rich man that would not even help Lazarus. This is why he told him, let Lazarus come to me. Just put some water on the tip of his finger where it touched my tongue. He said, there's a gulf between you and Lazarus. He can't come to you and you can't go to him. He said, well, send him back and let him tell my brothers. But he said, if your brothers would not hear when the prophets came, they ain't going to hear when a dead man come. I'm here to tell you, God is giving all of us a chance and he's giving you a chance today to let you know it's time out for playing church. It's time out for saying you love the Lord. If you love the Lord, you will turn from what you're doing. So in that tribulation time, people are going to be trying to find food. They're going to be hiding in places trying to have church. Look how open you are. You can come in here. We can fellowship. They got to hide to, to fellowship because what's happening is anybody who profess Christ, they will kill them. And God has made a way for us. Y'all understand this. I don't know about you. I want to be caught up. Amen. I want to be caught up to meet him in there. I want to be caught up. I want to be raptured ready. This is why you can't hold stuff in your heart. This is why you can't be selfish. Why am I telling you this today? Our job is to win souls. It ain't for you to be worried about you. We got too many people still worried about you. Your commission. That's why they call it a great commission. Is to go out there and tell them about Jesus. He don't want none lost. We look at our children and they look healthy. They look like they got good jobs and like they're making it. But if they don't know Jesus, they will die in their mess. Young folks leaving here don't know Jesus. It's too late. I get tired of preachers on the pulpit. Oh, he was good. He helped everybody. But did he accept Jesus? When you get in a car and it's a car accident, you cannot really accept what you ain't heard. You're supposed to be giving them Christ. You're supposed to be giving them what you have. We sit around and joke all day because we have family reunions. Why don't somebody stand up there and say, is you saved? Are you saved? Do you know Jesus? People get mad when you talk about Jesus. They want you to stay home. Don't want you to bring up his name. And 
we sit there amongst them, I ain't saying nothing. No, the blood is on your hand. God said it's for you to warn them. It's for you to tell them about Jesus and what he done. It's up to them to accept. God give us an opportunity, y'all. We know we tell people, pray. God will hear you. And they're in sin in that mess. God hears a sinner when he's ready to turn his heart to God. Do you know why you still hear people that are unsaved? Do you know why? Because the factual prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Because you praying, you interceding for your family. You saying, Father, I thank you that everywhere that they go, you put somebody in their path to minister Jesus. Lord, I have planted, sent somebody to water, and I thank you, God, for the increase. Come on, we supposed to be praying for the lost. Every morning, I say, God, send your labors. For the harvest is plentiful. But the labors are few. And I bind the hands of the enemy where he will blind the minds of the unbelievers, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel. God, you said those that win souls are wise, God. Send them out today, God. Where are the prayer, prayer warriors? Where are the ones that are praying for the lost? Where are the ones that are crying out and saying, God, you don't want none lost. Jesus came and walked the earth. And brought the kingdom and said, you don't have to live like this. And we Christians don't even want to get up and open the Bible. We want somebody to always give to us. What are you giving to them? Eternal life is everlasting life. That's what we're supposed to be giving them. Now I understand. My granddaddy would say, I don't want to be here for what's yet to come. He said, I don't want to be here for what's coming. In the tribulation, let me tell you what's going to happen. You know how we read Matthew 24? Some of those things are happening right now, but that is not the tribulation. That's not the tribulation. We are seeing wars, but it ain't like the tribulation. You are seeing earthquakes, but it ain't going to see. It's going to be so terrible. People are going to say, I'm hiding under this rock. They're hiding from God. From the wrath to come, let these rocks fall on me. Because they know God's fury that's coming out is going to be worse than ever before. So they're trying to hide under rocks. See, you better go in your Bible and know what the word is saying. Go back to Matthew 24. Now let me let you understand this. Beginning at verse 8. From 1 verse 1 through verse 7. This is what God is saying. Let me tell you this. Remember the rapture? No man know it. The only one know it is God. Tribulation. The ones that's left behind. These are the signs that let you know you're in the tribulation. Know your word. These are the signs for the ones that's left behind to let you know what's going to be happening. In verse 8 it said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. These are going to be the first three and a half years. It said... Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Yes, we have that now. But in the tribulation, people are going to give people up so they won't be killed. The Christians that are Christians, they're going to tell people where they are. They're going to come in as spies and live amongst you just to get you killed. And, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many wax cold. But guess what? But he that shall endureth unto the end shall be saved. That's tribulation. That's tribulation. You got to endure through the end to be saved. That's talking about the tribulation. Yes, you have to endure now, but if you haven't expected you from Jesus Christ of his coming, you're going to be raptured up. The end haven't got here yet, y'all, because you ain't in tribulation. Uh-huh. Then it goes to say, 
Listen at verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. You know what he's talking about here? Remember I told you about the 144,000 preaching, the two witnesses preaching, the angel preaching. That's during the tribulation time. The gospel got to go through all the nations, through the mouth of them. You know what people wait on? Well, the gospel ain't been preached all over the world, so Jesus ain't coming. That's the tribulation they're talking about. The gospel got to go all over the world so nobody would be missed even in the tribulation. Go research it. Go read your word because some people sitting here saying the gospel ain't preached so it ain't time for Jesus. When the gospel get preached all over the world, Jesus is coming. Tribulation. When the gospel is preached, when everything is said and done, when everything is over with y'all and the gospel has been preached by the two witnesses, the 144,000 and the angel, the end is coming. God is giving them signs. He's given us this word for what's yet to come. If you want to continue in your mess and get left behind, study Matthew 24. If you don't want to be raptured up, just study Matthew 24 and stay in the tribulation. But I wouldn't advise you to do that. Then it goes on to say, listen at this. This is the second half in verse 15. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever read, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be... Great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning, y'all go back, the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor even shall be. This is what he's saying. And expect those days shall be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Look at this, y'all. I don't think nobody in this place want to be left behind. Do y'all think... That Jesus just came to the earth just to come and give you the kingdom and not tell you what's expected when you don't accept the kingdom. See, some people are living just like this world is their own. Some people sing the song that says, um, heaven is my home. It's going to be your home for seven years, but there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Because after those seven years, we're coming back with Jesus. And a new heaven and a new earth is going to be set up. Babies can lay by dens of adders and not die. Lions, all these animals you can be around in this new heaven and new earth. Y'all want to go to heaven, but you're only going to be there for seven years. You're coming back to this earth. See, know what the Bible is saying and proclaiming. It's time out for being pretty. It's time out for gathering up material stuff. Because let me tell you, after you leave here, all that material stuff, everything that you stored up, it's going to be stored up for somebody else. They can't even enjoy it no more. They can't even live in these luxury houses. Everything is going to be destroyed, y'all. People are going to try to find a safe place, and some people still is not going to accept Jesus. Why? Because they're going to accept the mark of the beast. The Antichrist is going to come in with the peace covenant. He's going to fool people with the peace covenant saying what he's going to do. Guess what? He's going to break the covenant. The Bible will be fulfilled. But glory be to God, I pray that I don't be here for them seven years to know. This is why it is our job to teach you, to tell you what the word says so you will not be unprepared. We're supposed to let you know about the kingdom. He wants us to have the kingdom while we're down here. He wants us to live like kingdom citizens so people know where we're from, so people would want what we have. But we Christians are living so much like the world, trying to keep up with what the world has. They don't want what we have. It's competition. So it's time for us to have a change of heart and a change of mind. This is why Romans 12 says, be not conformed. 
pattern after this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know you'll be able to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. Saints, if you're not in this word, you will not be changed. You will not be transformed. We go back in the word of God. Jesus, Jesus is the perfect example. You know, we read about Jesus' resurrection, but we miss it. Jesus, he died on the cross for our sins. He was buried. He had to be buried. But the thing is, God rose him up. And why he he rose Jesus up? So everything Jesus died for, we could obtain, we could have. But that was the end of that. Jesus, when he rose, he rose in a new glorified body. And when Jesus came to his disciples, remember in John 20, they saw Jesus. Jesus come through a door. Just come right through the door. They were looking at Jesus like he was a spirit. Jesus said, I'm not a spirit. He said, flesh and blood, not blood, but bones, feel me. They felt him. They felt his flesh. He said, do you have something to eat? Jesus could eat, but his body was changed. His body was a new body. His body was a body that came back that would never die. He did that appearance to say, this is how it's going to be for you. And when Jesus left, he left. He went back to heaven. So what am I telling you guys? You're going to have that glorified body that never die, where there's no sickness, where there's no pain, where there's no sorrow. You're not going to deal with everything that you're dealing with around here. While you're here, God is telling you how to deal with what you're dealing with through his word. You should have a hope and expectancy. That's why Paul had a hope. Paul said it is better. He wanted to be with Jesus. But you know what? Either way, Paul knew he was going to be with Jesus. See, his focus was on what his mission was. Because he said, if I die, I know who I'm going to be with. Some of us have not focused on kingdom enough. We're focusing on, I want to live forever. I got news for you. Whether you're raptured up or not, you better know where you're going when you die. You better have a certainty because I'm going to tell you this. Don't wait to somebody in a coma and then minister salvation. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, I believe they accept it. Y'all remember Abraham and Isaac, I mean, and Lazarus? Lazarus already had Jesus. He had already accepted him. The rich man, he already knew it was given to him, but he didn't accept him, right? So if that rich man went in a coma, somebody would say he's going to heaven. You got to confess with your mouth. What you believe in your heart. I ain't never seen a comatose person lips move. <laughs> confess with your mouth. That's why God put breath in your body to confess before something happened. That's why he said the gospel got to be preached, proclaimed so you can hear it while you alive. In that case, let's go to the cemetery. And everybody that's dead, let's just get over the grave and say, do you believe? That Jesus died. Do you believe that he was rose? Is he a, what you going to hear? Nothing. So you, this is what we do. We, we, we get over people that's dying and now we're ready to give them salvation. What happened while they were living? That's why we got to have people proclaiming this gospel. Don't wait to somebody on their dying bed and then do you know Jesus? I never heard about him in a day in my life. Yes, it's easy for them to accept when they're at death, though. Who wouldn't? And then their whole life, they live like heathens. But now they're dying, and I don't want to hurt no more. Hear the Spirit when the Spirit is calling, because he's giving everybody a chance, even today, to say, yes, Lord. I accept what you've done. This is nothing to play with. God is bringing this in the church. Because the church is supposed to take it out of here and giving it to a lost and dying world. Quit telling your children they're okay. If they're living like heathens, they are not okay. If they're coming to church every Sunday and their name is on the roll and they're still cheating and fornicating and lying and stealing and murdering, they ain't okay. I don't care how many churches they go into, they ain't okay. Their heart ain't right. Because if their heart was right, it would be changed when they come into church. 
They'll go back and they'll pack up their clothes and say, I ain't living this way no more. Quit telling them they're okay. Because if you want to change, you will change. Quit telling people it's okay to sleep with people because you're in love. Because you're going to get married. The Bible said it is best to marry than to burn. But when you marry the person you marry, can you stay with the person you with? That's why you got to know what the word is saying. Oh, it's okay to lay with them. God give me in that desire. Yes, he give you that desire for a wife and for a husband. Not for any and everybody. You know what the Lord showed me? Gave me a glimpse of something, y'all. This was the glimpse he gave me. He showed me a man. And women passing by this man. And the man said, I had that, I had that, I had that. I even had that, and I even had that. And I'm going to get that. And the woman, I had that. You got the leftovers. This is why God said, wait on your mate. When nobody's touched that or tapped it either. We got too many people trying to get married before they get gray hairs. But you need to wait on the Lord. Isn't it embarrassing when you're with a man and women just say, I had that, I had that, I had that. He had me. I don't know who you, baby, I'm sorry. See, you can tell who's in and out of the word of God. When you see these glimpses of People staring at you funny because I done had that. You ain't got nothing. Everybody done tapped into that. But God even fixed that. Because the day you accept Jesus, you washed in the blood. He's getting something new. She's getting something new. Now, if they tap out of it, that's a different story. That means that they still have those desires. Why do they still have those desires? Because they're not going into the word of God for the word to wash them. Nobody don't want to do that. They still want to do what they do because they have that drive. They have that lust, that burning desire on the inside of them. Say, I got to have that. That's why God said you can be delivered from that if you want to be delivered. Your spirit is what got saved. Your soul is still tore up because it still want to go do what it want to do. But when you tap into the life of God, you're ready to say, God, I don't want this no more. And guess what? Change begin to come. You saying you don't want it, but you're still going after it. That's why you say flee fornication. God is telling you, Jesus paid the price for that. Why you still want to go into that? It is because you have not truly turned your heart over to God. Some of you looking for men with money. And what they driving is because the woman hard work. You get the man, you got to take the woman to be taken care of because the man ain't got none. The woman out there working, the man is just benefiting from the woman. The woman drop out, the man done dropped out. Can be the other way around too. Man taking care of the woman. And a man after the woman because she look good, she dressing good, but it's because of the man she looking the way she looking. Because she lazy. Don't want to cook, don't want to clean, want to sleep all day and go shopping. And the man to Ahab. Jezebel ruling. Miracle Temple, y'all know all this. If anybody in Miracle Temple get left behind, whoa, Jesus. Something is wrong. We've been faking it to make it too long. It is time, church. God said, are you, are you raptured ready? Have you truly accepted Jesus with your whole heart? And if you have truly accepted him with your whole heart, you don't go for in and everything. You don't sit around in and everything. You don't flur up all the time and get mad. You don't let money be your God. You will have an expectancy. That's what's keeping you. That expectancy of his return. Y'all remember Carla Faye? The one that did all the murdering and stuff and it was just terrible. But when she got in prison and she started getting into the word of God and the word started getting into her, she was ready to die. She was ready for them to kill her because she wanted to be with the Lord. But then an old man come in the picture. Man that was trying to help her innocent come in the picture. And then she began to scray away a little bit from God to the man and begin to get hope of coming out of prison. 
because she wanted to be with that man. But then she turned back unto the Lord. And the day they got ready to give her the lethal injection, she jumped on the table. She was ready to be with the Lord. How did she get to that point? Through the word of God. Y'all, we got too much dependency on each other. We got too much dependency. And that dependency that we have on each other is not going to take us to be with him. We have to have him for ourselves. That's why I preach so hard. Get into this word. Let the word get into you. Know what the word is saying. Some of us, look, you may want position in church and that may make you look good. But at the end of the day, when everybody gone, what you going to do then? What position you going to hold then? You ain't going to have time for no title. You're going to be scared. You're going to start remembering what your mother said, father said, sister, brother said, what apostle said. And I can tell you this. Whoever don't make it in and they're burning, you're going to be in your right mind. You're going to see things flash before you. You're going to be saying, God, if you take me out of here, I do this and do that. It's too late. There were 10 versions, five foolish, five wise. The five wise had their lamps prepared. They were ready for the king. They laid down and went to sleep, but the foolish ones weren't prepared and laid down with them. When the bridegroom came, they said the bride is coming, the bride is coming, but the five foolish couldn't go. When they got their lamps ready, this is what I'm talking about, about the rapture, the door was closed. They couldn't come in. They're going to have to endure the wrath to come. Don't wait till the last minute and say, I should have, could have, would have. It's time now. You know for yourself where you are with the Lord. Let's quit playing church. Let's quit trying to get people to see us as a saint. And deep down inside, we know we're far from a saint. That's why every day we got to live a set-apart life where we don't have to fake it to make it. See, I don't come in here to preach to you. My husband can verify the life I live before you is the life I live before my family. I don't change for family, daddy, or cousin, whoever it is. I don't care how much people hate me. The word say I'm going to be hated because of the word. I'm going to be hated because he was hated. And if I'm not hated, I ain't where I need to be. People supposed to hate you when you love him. The more you love him, the more they're going to hate you. Even Christians going to hate you. Because they're going to say you're living too holy. I'm talked about. I'm ridiculed. She act like she perfect. Yes, I am in Christ. That's how we're supposed to be. We don't supposed to change because people trying to give you something. We're supposed to stay the same. Nobody supposed to correct truth. I have people saying, you shouldn't have said that. Excuse me. I ain't changing it. Because that's the word. The word don't change. It's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Nobody's getting in my face denying who I'm serving. And I'm supposed to say yes to that mess. To keep nobody in here? Uh Uh-uh. Like I said, we got four doors. One ain't working right now. Something up against But you can choose either one because I'm not changing my testimony. Not to keep people coming up in Miracle Temple. I'm not doing it. My job is to proclaim what he's already said, whether you like it or not, because I want you to be raptured ready. I want you to leave out of here and say, God, am I where I need to be? Not nobody else, but am I where I need to be? Don't tell nobody to be a good husband or a good wife. And you can't men love your wife like Christ loved the church. You don't even know how he loved the church because you ain't in the word. And don't you women tell somebody how to be a good wife and then got to go home and ask your husband if you a good wife. No, you ain't no good wife and you got to ask him. Because the life you live. It's going to speak. If I go home every day, the only thing I ask my husband is I'm crazy. Because some things that I believe, people ain't believing. Am I crazy? 
But I ain't going to ask him if I'm a good wife, because if I do what the word of God said, I'm a good wife. If you don't accept me as a good wife, so be it. I'm doing it according to the word, not according to him. Because a man might want you to do things that God ain't told you to do. Uh -uh, uh -uh. You better get in your word. This is why we need the word, church. The word will change you. The word will transform you. The word will keep you out of things that you thought that was God and it ain't. That's why you got to hear from him no matter who walked with you. You hear from them. You don't compromise when it comes to this word. Because he gives you Holy Ghost boldness. And it's time to be bold for him. And nobody don't have to tell you to be bold. I'm going to leave you with Stephen. Do you remember when they, they threw stones at Stephen? Oh, they just got started. Stephen began to go from Genesis to Revelation. And tell him about Jesus. And then called him what? Um, stiff neck. He, I mean, he's rebellious and all this stuff. And they stoned him, but he looked up to heaven. And he saw Jesus on the right hand of the Father. And he was just as happy as he could be. Can we be that way when people are stoning us? Or are we ready to retaliate? It is time, church, to get in position. To start people to tell them about the rapture, to tell them what Jesus done. None of us in this room know when he's coming. If you're looking for the gospel to be preached all over the world, that's in the tribulation time. We do not know the day nor the hour when he's coming. He's coming like a thief in the night. And when you roll over and wake up and your husband gone and you still there, you know he's come because I told you. So those are the times that you're going to know that the rapture have taken place when you see nothing but clothes. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. And before we dismiss on today, we're not going to have communion on today. Um, we will try prayerfully to have communion next Sunday. Before we dismiss on today, if there are some in this room that have not gotten